Charting Toward Intimacy covers mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hey there, welcome to Charting Toward Intimacy, where we're expanding the natural family planning conversation. I'm your host, Ellen Holloway. I am so excited to bring you this episode and the rest of the series in this episode. Uh, This is kind of a three-part series with a follow-up episode, or you could call it a four-part series if you want to. Um, And this is about choosing what the right fertility awareness-based method is for you. So we have an episode for each of the three categories of fertility awareness-based methods. So we have a mucus-only episode, we have a symptohormonal method episode, and we have a symptothermal episode. And I've brought together instructors from different methods in those categories to answer some basic questions about those methods and just have a conversation about the similarities and differences between those methods so that you can not only decide if a uh, mucus only, a symptothermal or a symptohormonal method is right for you, but also what method within that category is going to be right for you. And of course, this is just a starting point. Um, This is to give you some info in a really nice, concise way um, in a couple of different episodes. And then in our follow-up episode, we're going to talk about discerning what the right method is for you. So this week's episode is our mucus only method episode. So I have an instructor from Billings and I also have an instructor from the Creighton model. And on that, let's get started. All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Charting Toward Intimacy. I am here with two instructors from Mucus Only Methods. This is one of the episodes in our uh, series on the different method types. Um, So I'm here with Flengy Rose Wafarina, who is a Billings instructor. And I'm here with Lisa Morvant, who is a instructor with the Creighton model. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Ellen. All right. So uh, before we jump into talking um, and and asking some questions about mucus-only methods, um, a quick definition of a mucus-only method is a method that tracks cervical mucus throughout the cycle to identify times of fertility and infertility throughout a woman's cycle. So... um, Flengy, I would like you to start. Could you just tell us a little bit about uh, Billings, the Billings method? All right. So I teach the Billings ovulation um, method. Um, It's a method that um, tracks a woman's cycle by using their natural signs of fertility. Um, They observe every day what they feel, if they see or not see any um, mucus or any other discharge. It can be bleeding or seminal fluid or any other discharge or mainly um, cervical mucus. And through this, they can tell if there's a pattern of fertility or, or infertility. You can tell if it's infertility, if it's, it's a pattern of unchanging. And that means the sensation or any discharge are the same every day and then all and if it's going towards fertility that means there's developing pattern there's a progression in the sensation of the mucus awesome awesome cool thank you for that intro and then lisa could you just give us a little intro to kind of the creighton model 
absolutely. So the Creighton model system is a natural fertility awareness-based method that also involves tracking cervical mucus. So every single day, the woman, as part of her normal hygiene habit, when she goes to the restroom, makes observations before and after to observe for mucus. So um, we observe sensation while wiping. And if mucus is present, we finger test that to look for a length of stretch and color. So by observing mucus, we're able to identify that fertile window as estrogen rises towards ovulation. That's when the woman sees mucus and knows she's fertile. And we track other various markers, um, such as bleeding, post-peak phase length, and other things um, as it relates to the woman's health, since Creighton is the foundation of NAPRO technology. Right. And we will get into a couple questions on NAPRO um, a little bit later in the episode to give you guys just a little tiny intro into it. Not... <laughs> not a deep dive. <laughs> there would be, that's a whole other episode in and of itself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So, um, let's talk just about, uh, charting. Um, what are the different ways that, um, your method can be charted? Um, and are there specific apps or, um, uh, like web applications or phone applications, um, paper charting, what are kind of the different options for charting? So Flungy, could you start with uh, Billings options for charting? All right, for Billings, a woman is told to observe her sensation at the vulva and as she goes about her daily activities and that she records the most fertile signs and her sensation and or, or if she sees any... Um, discharge she will describe the appearance and she may or may not see any mucus from the cervix it can be um like i said before it can be seminal fluid or bleeding or spotting or other discharges and if she does see anything she is discouraged from picking it up and to uh, and she avoids any internal investigation because of possible infection and also there's no um douching or involved because the <laughs> vagina is self-cleaning so um for the um the how to the the charting part i prefer that my students use the nfp app you can get it from the apple app or the google play store or in your computer in the in the pc the app is called nfp charting or online again that's nfp charting online or if you want to use your PC, it's nfpcharting.com. And they all and there's another one which is called fertilitypinpoint.com, which is only in the PC. There's no app for this one. Um, we used to use uh, paper charting with the stamps, and the students would write their sensation. And for in-person teaching, this would work. However, for remote learning, it's kind of <laughs> a challenge because they would have to take a screenshot of their chart and then email them to the teacher. And this is difficult if the picture is not clear on their hand or their handwriting is not legible, right? So it's harder for the teacher to interpret it. And another advantage of the app is that they can share their charts with me, their teacher. And in my case, because I'm still in practicum and my supervisor as well. And we can see they're charting anytime. And we can write a message. And we, mess- we can message them 
for any correction or any clarification. Oh, that's awesome. So is that, um, is that charting app, the NFP charting, is that a specifically billings app? Yes. Okay. All right. Awesome. That is very cool. So, so there is a paper option, um, but it sounds like Billings is really moving uh, very much in the direction of uh, using this online app. Um, Awesome. All right, Lisa, could you tell us a little bit about kind of the charting options with Creighton? So we start all new learners out on paper charting. And so in my experience, especially in the beginning time of learning, that's usually where a lot of chart corrections are happening. So a lot of times that's actually easier to do on on paper. So uh, once they get to fifth follow-up with us, then they're eligible to utilize the Creighton app if they want to. So it's really just based on preference. Some people prefer to stay on paper. Um, and some people like the app. So it's really just based on what's good for the couple, what's good for the woman. Uh, the Creighton app is, uh, it's web-based in that it's, you can't go find it like in the Apple store. So we will give them, uh, like a link that they register through, and then you can create a home button on your phone to where it works just like an app and takes you there. And so, um, it is HIPAA compliant and all of those things. So they can also share their charts with us so they can do a direct snapshot and it comes to me through the app. Um, I also input like all of their intercourse instructions or whatever, whatever their instructions are within the app so that they're able to access that. They can message me through the app. So some people like the app because they can chart as they go throughout the day in case it's hard to remember something to remember your most fertile sign at the end of the day. Um, but I've done, I've been virtual since COVID and we usually use like the scannable app to, uh, scan oh, yeah. over and we, it, it's been really great. Creighton also uses uh, a very specific legend system. So there's not a whole lot of wording. Um, I always thought I would have been an app girl, but I have to tell you as an instructor, I prefer paper because you can (laughs) see so many things in handwriting, like women when they're stressed or they start putting stamps upside down or things like that, or a lot of (laughs) corrections. I can see that and kind of clue in and say, Hey, what's going on? So sometimes you miss that in apps and Personally, as an instructor, I like, I like the paper charges for that, but everyone does what's best for them. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain in a, uh, another episode of this series, we talked a little bit about how instructors really like to see paper charts because of, because of those, some of those reasons that you mentioned. Um, but a lot of times clients like to use apps um, or web apps just because you can kind of do it throughout the day. Um, but there, uh, that's the beauty of these different methods, having all of these different options, um, a paper option or web app option or, or actual like app store option, things like that is you can think to yourself like, okay, well, what, what would I be most comfortable using? Or, um, what is the you know method that I would want to use charting throughout the day? Do I want to be able to just quickly grab my phone and type it in as soon as I see it? Or am I going to remember at the end of the day and write it at the end of the day? Or should I just keep my chart in my bathroom? These are great questions to ask yourself. <laughs> so for me personally, an app would never work because I would never remember. I keep my paper chart open. I walk by it every night before I go to bed. And that's how I remember to chart. So it's so individual to personality, you know, but it's good to have options. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's important to ask yourself that question too, but you also might think like what you were saying, Lisa, um, you were like, Oh, I, 
thought I was going to be an app person, but not so much. Um, you might think you're one way and then you start charting and you're like, oh, actually I do like writing it down on paper or actually I do like putting it in this app. So anyway, just keep those things in mind as you're <laughs> thinking about what kind of method you want to uh, learn. Um, and so let me just confirm with both of you guys that, um, your methods have specific apps or web applications to use and instructors don't really allow for like other types of apps, you know, things like Kindara or read my body, things like that. That's correct. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the class process and the learning process. So some methods do group classes. Some methods only do one-on-one instruction. Um, Some have a very specific setup of there's, you know, three classes that are each two hours long um, and some don't. It's more of a one-on-one coaching. Um, So can you talk about, um, Fungi, I'll have you start with Billings. Can you talk about just kind of what the class structure is and um and what the learning process is yeah, sure so for right now of course we're just doing all this remote learning <laughs> um, so, um when i do my introductory class i can do groups like a group of three people by zoom like what we're, we're doing right now um however for the follow-up it has to be one-on-one it's because every woman is different. And of course, a privacy issue. We don't want to um, talk about the, the other conditions, right? Like if they're breastfeeding and when when's the right time to have intercourse, of course, that's very personal. So um, so like what I said, um, for introduction, it can be group. You can even do it in the parish level just for the introduction. But when it comes to charting, and um, follow-up sessions, it has to be, I do individual. Sure. So, um, so there's kind of like an introduction class that is maybe what, like an hour and a half long or something like that. Um, And then there is individualized follow-up from from there. Okay. Awesome. And Lisa, could you talk about the class structure for Creighton? Very similar. So um, we have our introductory session, which I tell people is the appetizer into the method. You don't learn <laughs> you don't learn everything in that one session. That's our intro to like anatomy and physiology, a little bit into the method, but the majority of the teaching happens at follow-up. So we also have the option to do group introductory sessions. Personally, I try not to do that just because I like to start forming relationship from day one. And I might teach a little different to someone going through infertility versus someone who's trying to not get pregnant. So I like definitely like to be sensitive and things like that. Um, So our intro session is about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes, depending on questions. Um, And then the client will have eight follow-ups in the first year. So um, they get spaced out the further we go. So the first four follow-ups are every two weeks. They're all an hour long, and then we kind of space out as we go, and we maintain a long-term relationship. So once they get into long-term follow-up, I may see them um, once a year to make sure that everything's going well. We haven't switched reproductive categories. Um, the biomarkers look okay, those types of things. Sure. Awesome. And Fungi, is there um, is there a really structured follow-up with Billings, kind of like what Lisa was just explaining, or is it a little bit more based on um, the the user oh it's like this 
His name is Lisa. Oh, after the introductory class, um, we tell the couples to um, avoid intercourse for um, because what they're just learning for two weeks to a month, and then um, we follow up every two weeks also until they're independent, and then also after like if they're condition changes, then they can come back to us and learn the method again. Right. And actually, Lisa, you mentioned the word reproductive category. I knew exactly what that meant as an instructor. I realize our listeners may not exactly know what that means. Um, So a reproductive category is essentially, it's, it's just a way for instructors to be able to kind of easily know um, what your intention uh, with this method of fertility awareness is, you know, are you trying to avoid pregnancy? Are you trying to achieve pregnancy? Are you breastfeeding? Do you have irregular cycles? Do you have regular cycles? You know, these kind of things are sort of how an instructor categorizes you. It's not that they're like putting you in a box. It's just <laughs> for um, adequate follow-up and being able to teach you the things that you need to know at that time. Would you, would you say that's a decent explanation? <laughs> Yeah. So for us, we define intention into like achieving or avoiding pregnancy and then reproductive category would be like regular, irregular cycles, breastfeeding, premenopause, um, those things which may change your instruction or the way your cycles present. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Um, and then some methods are very specific that couples learn together. Um, and some methods are not as specific as that. So can you guys just quickly speak into, you know, if a single woman came to you to learn, um, the method, either, you know, Billings or Creighton, um, how would that, would that be addressed any differently, um, than a couple and, and what would that difference be? So Flungy, I'll have you start with Billings. Um, certainly, uh, if a single woman comes to us, of course, um, uh, it's a different approach to but we encourage the couple to, to come, like a married couple is, is encouraged. But in my experience, mostly it's the woman that, that comes to us, and I'm really happy if I see the, the husband there too. <laughs> and I actually, I, I involve them in the conversation so they'll more likely to come to the session but mostly it's the women that's that's coming to the follow-up sessions I don't know about your experience Lisa but that's my experience um but um I'm happy to to teach both sure awesome and Lisa for Creighton (laughs) so we want all women to be charting and create especially since we're the foundation of NAPRA technology um, I have a large group of single women who chart just to monitor their fertility who have um, just through seeing abnormal cycles identified like thyroid issues and things like that and so we certainly teach single dating engaged married now if it is a couple situation um, particularly with engagement and marriage then um, especially if they're trying to meet like requirements, Sometimes like when they're getting married in the church or things like that, then we require um, the male to attend. But uh, I would say it's mixed for me. Sometimes like the husband may continue to attend, sometimes not, because sometimes he's also in a supportive role watching the kids so that um, his wife can like be present and pay attention. Um, It's definitely not not a requirement like moving forward. Uh, We strongly encourage the couple to be there together. uh, But if if they came for whatever reason, then uh, then we continue to teach the woman. 
Perfect. Awesome. So, um, before we wrap up, um, I want to talk a little bit about medical management. Um, so this is, this is the NAPRO thing. I'm just going to jump right back over to you, Lisa. So could you just give us a little, um, taste of what, what you mean when you say, you know, NAPRO technology, um, and kind of what the medical management side of Creighton looks like. So NAPRO technology is what we would call the new reproductive science for women that works cooperatively with the woman's cycle. So we have physicians who are trained and certified internationally to be able to read Creighton charts and from that determine normal or abnormal and what type of testing is going to be done. So that testing is done at the right time specific to that woman. And then um, our physicians will treat root causes of what's going on. So they don't do any type of treatment that would suppress fertility like um, hormonal contraceptives would do. So um, really any woman's health condition that you can think of. Infertility, miscarriage, maintaining pregnancy, ovarian cysts, hormone problems, unusual bleeding, all of those can be addressed um, by NAPRO technology physicians. And we also have NAPRO technology surgeons who spend an extra year in fellowship to learn surgical techniques um, for endometriosis and other, other needs. That is so awesome. Um, and we're going to put some links in the show notes. Um, if you want to learn more about NAPRO technology or you excuse me, or if you specifically want to see if there is a, um, NAPRO physician, uh, somewhere near to you. Um, so those, some, some links for that will be in the show notes. Um, and Flunji, I want to jump back over to you. Does Billings have, um, any kind of a medical management side, uh, to it? Um, not all methods do. It wasn't in yeah, not, not all methods have this medical management component to it. Well, I th- um, um, when you're charting, um, you will find out in your, in your discharges if they're abnormal, like if you see a different color and you, you smell a different color. And then you will you'll see um, that this is the difference in your, um, in your sensation and your, in your daily charting. And that will alert the woman that something is different. So th- then she will tell her um, and the teacher and then she will tell her teacher and then the teacher will tell her she needs to go back to her medical um, provider that something is happening in her, in her, um, in her cycle in her reproductive system. Yes, definitely. Um, and that's, you know, I, I would say that's very likely across the board for pretty much any fertility awareness based method that you're going to learn is that your instructor is trained, um, to a certain extent to be able to, um, see abnormalities. Now your instructor is not going to be able to diagnose those, um, or specifically, you know, tell you, what you need to do to manage those. Um, but instructors are trained to kind of be able to see those. Um, and they can then refer you out, uh, to either a physician that they know, um, or, or farther on than that, um, or just refer you over to a Creighton instructor. And <laughs> I, w- I was about to say, it's a pretty easy jump from Billings to Creighton, um, because Creighton really like just took Billings and became more specific in, in practice. So it's not a, a whole lot big jump for a learner. Um, but I just want to say like one thing that's good about NAPR doctors, because I'm sure we've all experienced this as women is we might take a chart to an OBGYN who has no perception 
of that chart, right? And so like we want to go to a restorative, reproductive, but friendly physician. And so there's a comfort, I think, in NAPRA technology that there is evidence-based practice protocols in place so that when you're going to that doctor, they, they already know the chart, they know what's going on, and we have protocols. So I know like for me, I'm a nurse by trade. So evidence-based practice, I love that, like <laughs> protocols. And so I think that that is very helpful for you as the patient when you're trying to advocate for yourself, that you can trust that the person on the other side is familiar with what you're talking about. Absolutely. And can I ask you another question, Lisa, about NAPRO doctors? So let's say someone was charting with a, um, a different method, say a symptohormonal method or a symptothermal method. Um, what, you know, what, what, what would that look like? Um, if they came to a NAPRO physician and said, hi, here's my chart. It's not a Creighton chart, mm-hmm. but can you help, would they be able to help or would there be a, a need to learn Creighton? Um, what would that kind of look like? Um, I'm willing to bet that it may, like some physician may do like a basic progesterone, but because we know NAPRA technology, the research is based on Creighton charting. And since you can have like a little bit of of difference between like when a peak day happens between different methods, typically like when people get referred to me for NAPRO, even if they're on another method, they're asked to learn Creighton because the research is based on that. So we say Creighton's the foundation to NAPRO. You can't truly carry out the protocols without Creighton charting since all the research done was based on that method. That makes perfect sense. Awesome. That's very good info. I I'm learning so much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, ladies, this was, um, awesome. Do do either of you have anything else that you want to mention before we close out, um, about your specific method or about mucus only methods in general, um, or anything along those lines? For me, I always tell when couples, when I'm meeting with them, especially anyone going through marriage prep who maybe was steered to me, the mess, the best method is the one that's going to work for a woman and the couple. And so I would, my recommendation is always do the research. And I think this is great what you're doing because this is what people need. It's so overwhelming when you're trying to pick a method and you don't know where to start. Um, And so I think just really saying what's my personality like, I know a lot of instructors will have like a free 10 to 15 minute consult to kind of like have a discussion. And so uh, I would just say also not being afraid to change methods once you've started a method. Yes. Well for you. So uh, that would be my advice. Yes, definitely. And, and don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, if you, Um, if you are thinking, okay, yeah, maybe a mucus only method might work for me, but I still have questions about Creighton or billings, find an instructor and, and ask them the question. Um, they will very likely answer it. (laughs) Usually instructors are pretty happy to, uh, yeah. So either give you that 10 or 15 minute, um, free consult or answer a few quick questions via an email, um, before jumping into learning a method. So don't be afraid to ask those questions. And I, yes, definitely want to stress what Lisa said again, don't be afraid to change methods. If you feel like your method isn't working for you. Awesome. Well, ladies, thank you so much. This was such a fruitful conversation. Um, I hope it was helpful to our listeners. Um, thank you so much guys. Thank you. Thank you, Ellen. Thanks so much for listening. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, this is part one of a three-part series with a follow-up. So a four-part series, whatever you want to call it. 
Um, this was our mucus only episode. Next week, we are going to be talking about symptothermal methods. And the week after that, we are going to be talking about symptohormonal methods. And then the following week, we are going to be talking about discerning which method is right for you. So be sure to catch the next couple of episodes to complete this series. Until next time. Thank you.